Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the News Agent Podcast. I'm Susie Lysett, Content Executive at Goodlord, and I'm joined by my colleague today, Costas Francescu, our Director of Sales. So thanks for taking the time to have a chat with me today, Costas. Thank you, Susie. Thanks for uh, allowing me back on again. Of course, any time. Well, um, today we'll obviously be looking at how agencies can can look to to grow their businesses. You know where they can look to to make some quick wins as well as perhaps a bit more of a long term uh, outlook. Um, but first, I mean, Costas, I know you've got quite a lot of expertise in the property industry. I believe you've been uh, in the industry for around 15 years now, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and obviously at Good Lord, I know that you speak with a lot of different agents on a weekly, daily basis. So just as a bit of an icebreaker, really, before we dive into the main topic, I wondered if any of the conversations that you've had recently, whether you've heard anything particularly interesting, any trends, anything that you think other agents would uh, would find interesting to hear about? I'd love to say I've, I've got something quite unique to, to deliver on that point. Uh, but I think uh, most conversations with agents at the moment is really just around stock um, and what's happening to stock. Uh, although quite quite a few agents are quite happy to be uh, sitting on quite a, a nice volume of managed managed properties with tenants that don't want to move and therefore their fees are fees are guaranteed. So, uh, but yes, I think uh, the next the next twelve months, if not more, will be very much around stock and handling the volume of a uh, of tenants trying to beat down doors uh, for that one-off property that might be available. And what do you think? Um, what do you think? Perhaps the reason behind this lack of stock. Obviously, it's not just a, something which has cropped up in the past couple of months. It's it's um, always a question. But why do why do you think now it's becoming such a, a question and something that agents really have to uh, uh, integrate into their strategies? Sure. Well, I, th- I think, you know, we've, we've known there's been a shortage of properties throughout the UK for some time now. Even the government has admitted that. Uh, and obviously, we're not building to the demand and the demand is obviously still moving uh, much faster. Um, so that's always going to be a, a big play for why there's never enough stock in the market. Uh, but I think the other challenges that have come, especially uh, over the last couple of years, is tenants standing still. Um, so a lot more, you know, the average time a tenant is spending in a property has probably doubled over the last sort of five to 10 years. Um, and therefore there's less new properties coming to market. Um, and, uh, the average age of a tenant is increasing, which means actually, uh, you know, less people are, are able to buy. Um, and therefore, um, you know, where it was, uh, you know, sort of the early thirties that were, uh, that was, that was a time where you had to buy. Um, now this, you know, it's, it's moving towards the, uh, the early forties in terms of, uh, the new, the newer generation, um, having that affordability opportunity. And why, why do you think that is if, you know, tenants, they're not looking at moving, perhaps they're staying, you know, they're renting for longer in, in life. Why, why do you think that may be? Um, obviously, I look young on radio, uh, on the podcast, but uh, the, I think yeah, it was much simpler in my day uh, where, uh, you know, in terms of affordability, uh, deposit requirements um, and uh, you know, everything was much easier for me in my day in terms of being able to purchase property and make that commitment. I think these days, looking at my kids uh, who will very soon be thinking about joining the ladder, um, raising the deposits you need to even take that first step and then the amount of money that you need to earn to be able to get the mortgage uh, is is much tougher than it's ever been. So I think it's just naturally the environment has moved in that direction, which makes it a lot tougher. I mean, in some ways, I suppose it's quite a good thing that that demand is there, you know, that the demand is there. But obviously, as I've said, we said at the beginning, we do need to balance that with the fact that there isn't as much stock, so the supply isn't there to meet that demand. I mean, how, how do you think that agents are going to need to um, adapt, you, you know, looking to the future in order to, to meet the change in 
change in demand as well as the growth in demand, perhaps? I think, look, if we look at other countries, other European countries, uh, in, in a lot of them, rent, renting is the first choice. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a very British thing about, you know, owning your own property, owning your own land, uh, your walls and your tiles. And I think we, you know, we need to adapt. Obviously, we have, we've had quite a few people that have, have, have come to the UK as well as UK moving outwards. And I think, you know, they're bringing different cultures with them a bit big understandings and there are people that are happy to rent for life so i think may, a lot of it is maybe a mindset um and you know we've got people with like the built to rent sector and others that are that are bringing that mindset and, and taking the opportunity uh and i think agents need to maybe look at the landlords and tenants as as life uh yeah renting for life rather than for the normal two years and then move on uh, and what does that mean that probably means more competition better quality housing and uh you know yeah what does what does renting for life look like and on that on that point actually there's some interesting points that you raised there and um, there are a couple of things i'd like to sort of dig into a bit slightly more is do, do you think that if if we're perhaps heading towards that um, similar way of life as other countries, as you say, other countries are uh, more uh, readily that, you know, the countries themselves, they do look at renting um, over buying, perhaps. Do you think that the government's doing enough to be able to adapt and to support the sector in that change? Um, I would probably say no, um, without a doubt. I think, you know, if, if we are, if you look at the other, the other countries where they've done well, is they have built great uh, communities, and therefore letting us part of the community. If we look at if we look at the maybe some of the challenges for landlords moving forward, um, the build to rent sector are doing this exceptionally well. They're building volumes of flats, but they're building it around with green area gyms um, and other services available on site. So they're, they're building communities because they're looking at this as a long term for life strategy, um, and I think that's where. Uh, a lot of landlords will will be challenged in future um, when people sort of are happy to pay more uh, to have that kind of lifestyle, and there'll be a balance there. I think you actually there preempted my the second part of my <laughs> question, which is going to be digging into a bit more why uh, whether you think that the build to rent is going to perhaps grow in comparison to the to, to, to the buy to let sector. You know, um, do you think that both uh, both sides of the coin there they have their place still going forwards? Yeah, I think in terms of you know the value of, of the opportunity at the moment, I think uh, there's huge opportunity for investment in the build to rent sector, and I'll just I think we'll st- it's still a very very small proportion, um, but I think it's an area that will absolutely continue to grow. Uh, I think yeah, at, at the moment it's probably less than you know five percent, uh, if not less than two percent, um, and that can only grow. And I think uh, yeah, there'll be some big players from there. I think that's a good start. I think we've really kind of set the scene, um, you know, with the fact that there is a, a lack of stock and therefore the agents, they they do have the demand from tenants that is there. But um, there is obviously it's a bit of a difficult market um, and agents are going to have to look at different ways to attract new landlords to to grow their portfolios and simply to, to increase their revenue in this quite challenging environment. So let's see what um, what solutions we think might might be available to them to to help them to help them to grow. Um, so let's start with quite an open-ended question, I guess. So well, what would you say are the main ways that the agencies or the main way perhaps that agencies can look to to grow their business? Yeah. Um, so you mentioned at the beginning that obviously I've had the opportunity to work with with uh, a number of great agents um, previously to Good Lord and especially at Good Lord as well. Um, so a lot of these ideas aren't things I've come up with overnight. They're actually ideas that I've stolen from great agents that are doing really well. Uh, just to clarify that. Um but I think, you know, the, the agents that I see that are performing exceptionally well 
um, they are really diving into their existing data. Um, you know, this is this is information that they have already. They've paid for it. They own it. Um, and therefore, they want to make the most of it rather than keep burning money, paying more uh, and increasing the, their cost of acquisitions. Um, so, for example, um, you know, if you look at landlords that have used you in the past or landlords that you may not have won first time round, there's a huge opportunity there for you to engage better and give yourself the next chance, the next opportunity that might arise. So it could be anything like sending local information. And to be fair, a lot of your suppliers, good all being one, but there's plenty of suppliers out there that agents are using that will provide this information for you. So all you need to do is arguably just copy and paste it and put it on your letterhead. So it's not a, as big a job as some people might 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 fear. Um, but definitely, you know, um, information around the local area, information around legislative updates. Um, I can never say that word, uh, but legislative updates. Um, so uh, that. It's key information that comes out once again. Your suppliers, uh, the, your organisations will always help with that, making sure you're sending that out regu- uh, regularly to make sure that you're the agents of choice if the opportunity comes up. Um, so th- there's plenty of ways that you can help uh, in that scenario. And this is information you've already paid for and you already own. Um, one one agent I've spoken to recently um, that I really liked what they're doing is they've they've written to all landlords that they've they've ever made contact with uh, and may know and they're offering a, a completely free service and it's a free comparable service so before you th- make your next investment before you think about buying your next property contact us and we'll send you a report that will give you an idea on uh, what other properties have been written recently in the area um, and cleverly what they're doing is they're including properties that they've let very very quickly and for a good price and they're comparing them against some of their competitors that may have achieved lesser pricing and have taken longer to let those properties out and potentially have uh, provided a void so i thought it was a really smart trick by them and that has been received really well uh by them and and, and they've won they've won back some landlords as well as uh winning some new ones as well no it all just seemed to be uh a question of transparency and just if you have that information it obviously it makes sense to uh, to use it as proof that you can deliver on what your the services that you're selling um i mean to me also as well as a question of data it seems to be a question of of marketing and being able to get that information out there you know obviously making sure that you're reaching the right people um i mean would you have any any particular tips around that topic you know the best way for for agencies to really you know whether it's build their branding create awareness within their local communities um anything along those lines yeah i think um you know going back to that example all the information that they need for their business they have already at hand they don't have to go and spend any money uh or time um my recommendation would be is you know next time you speak to your you know suppliers that you work with um ask them what what can they do to help you what information can they provide um i think you might be surprised by how much uh, how much data is available to you and how consistent that data is uh from that perspective but uh, if you look outside of your suppliers um another little trick that i was taught by an agent in northwest london um was actually they spent quite a lot of time on trying to get their social media working for them uh, and actually the one the thing that worked for them best was probably the easiest thing that they did and that was actually to spend quite a bit of time uh, visiting and liking other shops and service providers in the area because what they found was by 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 liking them uh, and uh, on Facebook and, and other sites they started to like them in return 
So, so next time you go for a meal locally with with your partner, uh, and you ha- and it is a good meal, and you've enjoyed it, uh, you know, make the most of it, and you'll be surprised when they when they like your service back. And so, because obviously they are talking to local people all day long. Um, so it used to be it used to be about the school gates uh, and making sure that you know your children went to the right school, and therefore you'd be recommended uh, through there. That's it's the same. It's the same logic with with the local shops and services. Without a shadow of a doubt, and that was another another trick that I've learned off uh, another great agent. There certainly seem to be opportunities out there for agents to be able to, as you say, not spend any additional revenue. You know, make sure just um, basically use what they already have available to them, um, and just use them in a better, um, more more effective way. I suppose. Um, where would you say, if we're going to talk about sort of uh, being effective, being efficient, you know, I'll segue into the idea of prop tech and, and the different suppliers and things. Um, you, you've already raised the fact that, you know, different suppliers can help agencies give or give them access to uh, different insights, different performance data and things like that. I mean, um, w- what would you say in general the role of prop tech is in this helping agencies grow and potentially win more landlords? Um, I think the obvious one is obviously saving time. Um, you're only winning new business or improving business if you're talking to people. And therefore, um, you should be looking for solutions that allow you to spend more time speaking uh, to people than actually uh, you know, working behind the scenes. Um, so that, so that, that is key from, from one perspective. Um, I think, you know, looking for solutions that you know, supercharge what you're doing manually um so uh, another example for me was uh, another supplier in the market um i'm going to name them spectre um i was quite shocked having a chat with them about um how they how many landlords they've been able to identify for their customers that had other properties that they were fully unaware of um so these are landlords that they may have had for anywhere between two and five years renting really happy um but they hadn't realized that they had either purchase properties before or even after uh they'd they'd bet them uh and therefore it was a great insight and it was something very quick for them to help them find landlords but even find out more about their own um so there's plenty plenty of solutions out there if you look for them um but i think the first thing you need to do is identify within your business a where you are today and be honest with yourself and also um understand where you want to go and and be clear um and then you know and then focus on that target don't don't get uh, don't get pushed one way or the other. I mean, this idea of having deeper conversations with your landlords—it certainly sounds like it. Why well, would make sense in in any business environment to have deeper conversations with your customers, um, just to understand what it is that they they want. But as you say, to find these new solutions that, uh, or, or new potential new sources of revenue, different ways of working with your customers to to boost that that side of things. Um, I mean, it, would you say that there's any um, any link perhaps between the estate agencies that do have sales and, and lettings, you know, both sides of, uh, of the coin, as it were, um, you know, are there any um, efficiencies that could be created between uh, between those elements of a business, assuming that you, you're an agency that had both of those? Yeah. So, so, so tr- traditionally, uh, lettings and sales side of, of a business uh, don't work as well together as you would you would hope seeing as you're, as you're under the same roof. Um, that may have changed slightly during COVID because people have had to move from one department to the other to help out um, as the market has shifted from left to right and back back from right to left. Um, but one of the things, one of the biggest opportunities I see missed by agents is um, having that sync with the sales side to understand how many how many people are actually purchasing 
a property uh, to to rent out as an investment. Um, they're you know quick and easy wins, and and even if they don't sell them the property, they are still a landlord. They may be an existing landlord, or they're definitely going to be a future landlord. And therefore, how well are you passing that information across? How well um, are you able to um, transcribe? your services and why you are different. And if you can't, bring one of the letters division in to help because um, that will help you secure that client for the sale as well as the rental afterwards. So so huge opportunities uh, from, from that perspective. Um, but, you know, with existing landlords, there's so many other ways, so many other benefits that you can uh, you can achieve. Um, you know, don't be afraid to offer referrals. Landlords know landlords. Um, that's the reality of the world we live in. Um, and if you really understand your cost of acquisition, you know that actually you could probably halve your acquisition costs uh bring on landlords a lot faster um and 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 be able to offer the existing landlords something meaningful to to help pass across those leads um so huge opportunities within your your existing base um and not just for landlords um it's important to me to uh to mention tenants as well um it's probably a few years ago now but uh i remember reading a report that said that i can't remember it was 14 or 16 percent so forgive me but i remember reading a report that said that between 14 and 16 percent of tenants in the south of england actually were also landlords uh, and that shocked me i'd never you know i've been in the industry for probably five six years at that point um and never thought that would be the case but actually how many times have you asked your tenants actually do they have a property that they let out because um and especially in the environment we are today um you know people are people are moving for work or for other other commitments or downscaling upscaling uh, and the opportunities are there where you may have a tenant that actually owns more than one property no i think the question of optimizing your current the current contacts the current customers that you have it's obviously key to being able to grow you know it's uh, it's all very well looking externally and saying well there's no stock you know the, there aren't enough landlords coming into the market if that's an argument that you want to take but if you can have those conversations with your tenants and with your landlords and with the people who are buying uh, homes on the other side of the fence uh, the other side of, on the sales side then it certainly seems like there are lots of different places that you can look to access these uh, these new landlords and start to grow as, as a business. Um, I mean, what would you say as well? I mean, uh, we've seen a, a lot of acquisitions, mergers and so on recently, which is, uh, again, another way that you can grow an a, uh, well, any business, um, uh, you know, um, more than perhaps or perhaps more quickly than organic growth. Um, what would you say about that? You know, why do you think that particular trend has taken hold um, uh, recently in the industry? I, th- I think agents have understood uh, and, you know, timing is key as well. Maybe it wasn't true back back in the day, uh, but definitely today and, and for the past few years, agents have understood that you need to have uh, reoccurring revenue coming into your business. And the best way to do that is to have a strong lettings division within, within your business. Um, that will guarantee to pay the wages, keep the lights on uh, and uh, and and maybe plug in the cars and the things system where we are we are going that's the big focus and the successful agents now are building up so when i when i joined the industry uh, just over 15 years ago i'd probably say uh back then close to 80 percent of agents didn't offer lettings uh, as a service but now um you know lettings is a fundamental part of your service and i think the reason why we're seeing lots of acquisitions 
is and going back to prop tech i think what we've seen is there's a lot of agents that have taken on prop tech that have looked at cost savings and opportunities to grow their businesses farther for, uh, faster and further than than their competitors and i think what they're seeing now is an opportunity to maybe look at those those other customers those other competitors sorry um that have not necessarily taken on board or made the changes needed and looking at their businesses to say well actually i can i can take on that portfolio and I can actually uh, fulfill uh, those tenants and landlords' needs for half the cost using the changes we've made in our business. And also, you know, we can spend twice as twice as long actually um, actively looking for more agents than more to landlords than than they were able to. Um, so I think PropTech is playing a big part in that that acquisition story because I say the savings are there and therefore the profits opportunity to take on a portfolio and manage that better is definitely there also. I think then that having talked about that, I think that on the on the growth side by way of acquiring new landlords and or new properties, you know, that's um, that's pretty established. You know, there are these different ways that agents can look at optimizing what they currently have, look at different ways of growing, whether organically or via acquisition. Um, but there are other ways to generate revenue as well um, within a business, finding new business uh, revenue streams. Um, I mean, what would you say are perhaps different ways that agencies can look to, to boost revenue, even if it isn't necessarily acquiring brand new landlords or, or building their portfolio? What are the other ways that they could grow? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know, tenants and landlords require services. Yeah, that's the reality of it. You know, landlords need building insurance. Landlords need rent protection cover. Uh, tenants will need internet. They will need heating. Uh, they will need to pay their council. So all, all these, all these services are not things that you're you need to push onto your clients. There are services that your clients want, need, and will buy from someone. But the best person, best placed person for for that is actually the agent. So there are huge opportunities there to be able to offer uh, good products, ethical products, um, products with uh, competitively priced as well, um, and offering them services that they need, want, and will buy. Um, and uh, I say, you know, that's that's definitely something that I, more and more agents are taking on board uh, and understanding. And, and the value there is everybody wins. The landlord's happy, the tenant's happy, and the agent even uh, gets kicked back. So they're happy as well. Um, so it's a win-win-win situation. Those are the best kinds of situations, I think. <laughs> if everybody wins, then then we're on to a winner. What can there I say? <laughs> um, well, I mean, no, as I say, we seem to have covered all bases quite generally. I mean, is there anything that you think that we've missed? Anything that uh, new ways that agencies can look to to grow their business, create new revenue uh, within within their agency? Uh, no, I think we've talked about. You know, I think for a lot of agencies, all the contacts and all the investment they need to make, they've probably already made it. Uh, for, and, that, and that will see them through for another 12 months if they use that really well. Um, the only thing we probably haven't covered is uh, making sure that your client's experience is the best one ever. And the best way to do that is to make sure that your staff are happy in their roles. Um, your staff are updated, trained. Um, I, I can't, you know, the, the, the value and the changes I've seen from getting uh, a, a quality training into your business uh, has been uh, has been eye, eye opening as well. So, uh, yeah, everything I would say is invest in your people uh, and then the business will take care of itself.
That seems like a pretty uh, good positive message to, uh, to to sort of round things up on. Um, so just to sum up, I guess that we've talked about the importance of uh, data. You know, agencies, they have access to all of this data that they can use just to prove the service that they, they know that they can deliver to their landlords. Um, obviously, create, you know, use marketing to ensure that they're established in their community. Um, and this doesn't mean that they have to spend more money. It just means that they have to use what they already have readily available to them, which is obviously the best way of, uh, of optimizing the things that you, you have at your fingertips um, and investing in conversations as well, making sure that you have conversations with tenants, with your landlords and just asking extra questions just to see, are, will they refer you? Um, you know, do they have other properties that they might want to bring uh, bring on board? Uh, are your tenants also landlords? It's just having these deeper conversations uh, just really to, uh, to, to make the most of what it is that you have, as well as looking at further opportunities to acquire and grow in different ways. Would you say that's a good summary of, uh, of our conversation Costas. I, I think you've put it better than me Susie. <laughs> I put it to... very succinctly but yours was, yours was much better and much clearer I think <laughs> so <laughs> Fantastic then Costas. Well thank you ever so much for joining me today. Hopefully our, our listeners will be able to, uh, to take some insights from that and go away and be able to implement it in their own agencies. So thank you. Thank you.